0: I'm Dan Clark, and this is I Am Teacher. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number seven of I Am Teacher. I'm sitting here on New Year's Eve afternoon at St. Peter High School they've turned the heat off (laughs) so it's a little chilly in here it reminds me of when I used to go to my dad's classroom or to the high school during our holiday vacations we'd go play in the gym we'd go swimming we took advantage of having the master key yeah that was a good part uh, of my childhood Accessing all the public school facilities during long holiday breaks. I used to also access our high school uh, with my dad's keys. Uh, Also for different reasons. Uh, I I can remember trying to avoid going to church as a child by telling my parents I was going to church. And then instead I would go to the high school and hang out in my dad's classroom for an hour. And then come back and say, oh my god. What an amazing sermon. He talked about being a good person. It was awesome. <laughs> Oopsies! Probably not very Jesus-like of me to do that. But anyway, I, I, I think I turned out just fine. Um, <laughs> there are some benefits to having teachers as parents, especially teachers with master keys, which I don't have. Someday, though. I think that's a dream of all teachers is to one day, you know you've made it, When you have the master key for all the high school. Someday. Anyway, I thought I'd take the time today to kind of give you a peek into why I became a teacher. um, And kind of wrap up 2018 for you. Uh, Some housekeeping things to get out of the way here. First, we are sponsored here on I Am Teacher. Our first advertisement is for... If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can do so at danielevanclark.wixsite.com forward slash imteacher. If you'd like to follow the Insta, we are imteacher.podcast. I post things there when I release an episode. Uh, maybe it'll turn into something else, inspirational quotes. Who knows? But that's where you can find me on the interwebs. I have a Facebook page as well for I Am Teacher, but that's about it. I've found that having too many platforms to push things out on is just too much. Um, I barely have enough time to record these episodes, given the workload of a teacher, um, that I'm going to try and minimize it to just Instagram, which is also connected to that Facebook page. In the new year here, I've got at least one episode ready to come at you with a couple of students who took a gap year, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But for today, some things that I want to chat about, some reasons why I got into podcasting in the first place might be a good way to start. So a lot of the podcasts that I've found interesting or stumbled upon over my years as a teacher aren't really about teaching. They're mostly interview podcasts with interesting authors, comedians, psychologists, stuff that I probably wouldn't have thought was interesting as a teenager. But mostly I listen to people like Joe Rogan. His podcast is probably the first one that I stumbled upon. And through his podcast, I found many other great podcasts because he's had other hosts on as guests. Uh, Some of those other hosts that I listen to are people like Dr. Chris Ryan, who has the Tangentially Speaking podcast. I listen to Aubrey Marcus, the founder of the Onnit Corporation. Focuses a lot on human growth and total human optimization. That's actually their Slogan over it on it, but that's a great podcast to listen to. Covers a lot of great, interesting topics. Duncan Trussell is somebody I was turned on to by the Joe Rogan experience. He's another comedian who has a more psychedelic and spiritual and kind of out there personality and opinion and take on things, which is why I find him interesting. And through a couple of those podcasts, I've also found Eric Godsey, who is a psychologist somewhat. He's got a fancy degree in psychology, but he talks a lot about just improving oneself, which I think is a good topic to really come back to constantly. To be reminded that, hey, guess what? You got some learning to do and that it's never actually finished. And those podcasts are kind of my building blocks for starting this I Am Teacher podcast because through listening to them, I realized that This is a great opportunity to try and get other people's stories out into the world and listen to by others in hopes that they can learn something from it and apply it to their life and make their life better. And in the world of education, teachers are often so, so busy, they don't have any time to create something like this or sit down and tell their story which is why I wanted to make this happen. Just in this building alone, I know there are amazing stories that people have gone through and that people are experiencing currently that are valuable to students and to other teachers and just to people in general. Maybe this podcast will help people in the real world, or not the real world, in the private sector, understand just how difficult the teaching profession is because I don't think... I don't think most people outside of education understand the intricacies and amount of things that teachers actually do. I mean, just if you look at an article about teaching wages on Facebook or Twitter and you open up the comments thread, it is um, depressing to say the least. It's It's not uplifting. There's a few people out there really trying to explain the difficulties of it. But other people just seem to not understand what it's like to be a teacher and they tend to post negative things about teachers. Um, So I really hope this podcast does something along those lines in some way, shape or form. And by doing this podcast myself, I've already learned tons of stuff about my coworkers and it's given me different perspectives on things. Hopefully that's that's been the case for you as well. I've also found that this podcast seems to get better every episode. I've learned to record and be smoother when talking into a microphone. I also have found out that I have no idea what people find interesting. I talked to some people that listen to this podcast, and they found things interesting that I thought weren't going to translate well uh, into interesting conversations, but. Hey, I guess I have no clue. So, me recording this solo podcast, in my mind, I think, who wants to listen to me just ramble into a microphone? Well, based on my experience, somebody probably does. Which, hey, more power to you. Thank you for listening. So, I've got the list of questions that I ask people for this podcast. And I figured I would just go down the list and answer them to kind of give you a background on who I am. Because maybe you're listening to this podcast from a different part of the world and you have no idea who I am. And you're not from St. Peter, Minnesota and you don't go to St. Peter High School. And Mr. Clark is not a part of your life. So, why did I get an education? It's a good question for most teachers to think back to. Because I think a lot of times we forget as we go through the school years and time passes us by. So the reason I got into it uh, was because that I thought it was the one place that I could truly make a difference. Uh, I know that sounds cheesy and maybe is the answer that a lot of people would give, but if you do the math, and let's say you have you know multiple classes of 30 students every semester, you are connecting with all those human beings and you have the ability to affect or plant a seed in all of those human beings' brain that maybe in the future will change things for the better. And the more people you interact with and the more people you change, the better things get if you're really trying to make things better. So just the ability to have, what, an effect on our society in some way, shape, or form is one of the reasons why I got involved. It wasn't my original plan. I had a student ask me, A couple weeks ago, if I had to do it all over again, would I end up as a teacher? And I took some time to think about it. And I came to the conclusion that I probably would have jumped into the podcasting realm instead of going to college to be a teacher. I think that when I was in college, I wanted to be a broadcaster. But going into that field seemed like a dead end because it's not—it's not—it wasn't an area that I thought had a lot of growth potential. So I took a different path. Um, I was going to go into public relations for a while, and somebody, one of my roommates, while playing ping pong one day, told me that I would be a great teacher. And so it was that conversation that made me really take a look at things and go that path. But If I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't even be in this field. I think my broadcasting dreams would have taken over and I would have gone the direction of podcasting. Because, like I said, the growth potential wasn't there for broadcasting, but I didn't know about the growth potential for podcasting. And I think if I would have got on the boat back then for podcasting, who knows where I'd be. But that's not what happened. I got involved in teaching because of that ping pong conversation with my roommate Eric and things changed for me. I changed my major my junior year of college. Not a very wise economic decision. I think I added, you know, a few thousand dollars of debt onto what I already had by changing. But I think it was a necessary change. I realized that I didn't want to speak on behalf of a company that I really didn't care about. In education, I figured I could be myself, say what I wanted for the most part, and have a positive impact on the world. So I stuck with it. Got into teaching. I also thought teaching was another way to accomplish a dream of mine that I had as a child of being a stand-up comedian. Um, I can remember as a child really being into Saturday Night Live and watching stand-up comedy and saying, I want to be that one day. And, you know, the more research I did into it, the more absorbed I was in that world. I found that it's not a lot of people that are able to make a solid living doing that as a job. So I figured in education, I have a captive audience. I can be entertaining about a specific topic. I can make people laugh. And I can, I can do some good. So the teacher profession really fit my thought process at the time. So I dove in. Because I thought, hey, teaching is just you with a group of students. And you're trying to help them learn. Um, and then since then, of course, I've realized that teaching is a lot more than that. And that uh, there are some issues that I have with this system. It seems like the longer I've been involved in teaching, the less it makes sense to me, some of the things we do in teaching. My wife is also in the process of becoming a licensed Spanish teacher, and her going through that process has also helped me realize just how difficult it is for for people to become teachers and how bad of a thing that is. There's just so many hoops that teachers and potential teachers have to jump through that make it a hard choice to make because if you are if you know all the hoops you have to jump through to become a teacher, all the money you have to pay to become a teacher, all the debt you have to take on to become a teacher, the paycheck you get to take on as a teacher, those things if you put them on paper are pretty big negatives and It's pretty easy to see why there is a teacher shortage across this country. The whole process of becoming a teacher seems outdated. And the thing is, even though we know this and I say this, my hopes that things will change and become more efficient and more realistic, they're not likely to happen. There are too many gears that have been turning for so many years and so long that to stop them is going to require basically the explosion of the machine, which is not not likely once again. You have companies like Pearson or testing companies that have created testing systems and testing processes that cost a lot of money for students to take, and they're also required for you to take to become a teacher that I don't think need to be there. Uh, in, in the most efficient system in the most realistic system and the most logical system, I think if you want to become a teacher, the barriers to become a teacher should be very minimal. Of course, you shouldn't be allowed just to become a teacher if you're anyone off the street, but if you pass a background track, you should be able to get into a program that allows you to explore the world of teaching. Maybe you start out as a paraprofessional because there's a shortage of those in the country. start out there, you gain experience in a school, You have a mentor teacher, let's say, and as the years progress, let's say you have, it's a four-year program, let's say, and you spend that entire program, for the most part, in the school, instead of spending your time off on a university campus in a classroom with a professor that hasn't taught something since 1985, or maybe never, and you're trusting what they say is what's going to happen in the classroom. That just doesn't seem realistic. And it seems like a better way to do it. And maybe when that four-year process is over, you're evaluated, and you are either given a stamp of approval, or told you need to think about another career, or you need to do more time. But it's different than taking a multiple-choice test and sending in—I don't know—forty pages of paperwork, which is what the Ed TPA is now, to prove that hey, I'm a I'm. I'm a decent teacher. I mean, come on. What are you what are you really trying to do? Do you want there to be teachers in this world or do you want us to have a teacher shortage with overworked teachers with giant class sizes? It's just it's idiotic to me that this is the system that we keep pushing forward. Maybe I'll write a letter or send this podcast to Governor Tim Walls. Who knows? And that's just the teacher process. There are other aspects that maybe I'll get into on other solo podcasts that bother me about education that I think could be changed. And maybe you're listening and you're saying, why don't you go do this yourself, Mr. Clark, Mr. Dan Clark? And maybe I will. Maybe someday the pipe dream is that there is a Dan Clark Institute or the uh, Dan Clark Public Charter School where we try and tackle these issues. But that's not happening yet. We'll stick with the podcast for now. So why do I keep showing up then if I think there's so many problems? Why don't I just leave teaching you say? Well, the reason I stay is the same reason I got into it. The students in that classroom and the interactions I have with them are magical. I don't I don't know how to explain it besides using the word magic. <laughs> Because when I am in front of a group and we are discussing a historical topic and people are interested and laughing and asking questions and time is flying by because it's so enjoyable, I can't think of a better way to spend my time at work. It beats everything. It really is like being a stand-up comedian, motivational speaker, broadcaster for the entire day. And if it wasn't for that majority of the day where I'm in front of those kids, maybe I wouldn't be here, but that's why I got into it and that's why I stick around because kids are amazing and being around them helps you realize a lot of things. If you're interacting with students, you're talking to them, you're getting to know them, you're making them engage in skills that matter, there really is nothing better. And the philosophy that I like to follow to try and do that, this is one of the questions, what is your philosophy of teaching? Um, The philosophy I try to follow is that you have to be fluid when you're a teacher. If things go wrong, you can't just fold and cry in a ball in the front of the classroom. Um, you have to take take it and adjust to it and do it with a smile on your face or with a laugh or with a joke because why bother getting upset about it? It's not going to do you any good. Uh, one philosophy I thought in general that fits well, I think, for me in teaching, is the philosophy of stoicism, uh, which is a philosophy that was created by, I don't know if it was Greek or Roman. I think it was, most of the Romans follow this. But it wouldn't surprise me if the origin was Greek. Um, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, Epictetus, epictetus I don't know his name. Um, and it was the idea that the only thing you have control over is the way you react to things. So don't worry about the events themselves because you can't change those events. You can only change the way you react to those events. So if something doesn't go well in your classroom, you can choose to react in an emotional way and start crying. Why didn't this work? I tried so hard and didn't do anything. You could react like that, which I don't think will get you anywhere. Or you could Look at it from a stoic perspective and say, okay, what can I do going forward? How can I change the thing that didn't work to try and make it work? And I think that philosophy of being fluid and stoic is something that if you base your teaching philosophy in, you'll be more successful. Other parts of my philosophy include just being excited in general about the topics. I act things out very animatedly. Is that a word? Animatedly? Um, I'm very animated in the class. I raise my voice. I lower my voice. I do voices. Those things, I think, help class uh, and help students get interested in those topics. Because history is usually only interesting to people who have graduated college. Um, Not usually the favorite topic of 16 year olds. But if you talk like this, maybe yes, maybe yes, it is my favorite topic. Yes, I like to talk history in Russian. Yes. Things like that that make students understand how exciting these stories can be from history, or in any class in general, help them learn. Some other beneficial habits I think that I have that have helped me become an okay teacher and I think most people would benefit from are things like just writing things down in general. Your to-do list, what you did in the day, what you have to get at the grocery store the thought that just popped in your brain, the song that you heard that you want to hear again. The human brain is an amazing computer, but we forget a lot of stuff. Um, And writing things down helps you physically capture things that might float away. And I've found that by writing things down, I've become more efficient and I've been able to get more things done. Listening to podcasts as well has been a help in becoming a better teacher. A lot of the podcasts that I mentioned before explore topics that sometimes touch on education and what has been done in the past or what different societies or tribes have done in regards to education. One thing that stands out, uh, I heard from an episode of tangentially speaking with Dr. for Dr. For, <laughs> Dr. Christopher Ryan uh, I was an episode with a guy named Hunter Motz and there was a portion they started talking about education and the education of hunter gatherers came up and I learned that in hunter gatherer societies there was no obviously physical school building or standards or graduation requirements because, hey, this is a long time ago. Uh, They instead found an elder that they related to or wanted to be like. And I think they did this with multiple elders. But they spent an entire month with that person. They dressed like them. They ate like them. They tried on their life. And the duty they had in that tribal society, that hunter or gatherer title in that group, and they put their hat on for a while. And I thought that was a very interesting way to do things. And I think the education system we have right now kind of does that, but some teachers might do it more than others where they are more focused on connecting with those kids and giving them life advice and giving them some habits to use going forward kind of serving as a motivational mentor along with you know history or math or science teacher but i think there's also other teachers that just want to stick to the content teaching and they don't really get into those life skills or pieces of advice that would benefit students going forward and i thought that's an interesting way to think about things that you could be giving those pieces of advice along with your content and maybe that would help those students progress and maybe learn something that isn't being taught to them at home. Which is a, just, that's just a good example of how listening to podcasts has helped me uh, become a better teacher or has just been a beneficial habit of mine. Other beneficial habits I think most people could apply to their life. Cold showers. That's a good one that's applicable to everybody, every morning after I do my personal hygiene and washing up with hot water, I then turn the nozzle to cold for about mm, one to two minutes, depending on how motivated I feel. And the purpose would be to electrify my nervous system, I guess. There is some science out there about cold exposure therapy, I was exposed to this by Wim Hof, who was on the Joe Rogan experience once again and he is a superhuman person that is able to withstand constant cold exposure and he likes to put the message out there that everybody can be like him and The most amazing study that I think is a testament to why I take these cold showers and why cold exposure is worth it is that they took Wim Hof. They took him into a laboratory with scientists and computers and things that, what, they record the happenings of the human body. And they they took Mr. Wim Hof and they injected him with a neurotoxin basically a virus. They sent, they put a, a what? A, uh, a syringe full of this stuff into his arm. It's supposed to make you spike a fever, vomit, get the chills. It's like a little flu shot, but it's the actual flu <laughs> that you get from the shot. And they gave him the shot. They gave somebody else the shot. Okay. The other person didn't, wasn't Wim Hof and that person... <laughs> Did get sick immediately, but Wim Hof, using a specific breathing method and cold exposure, was able to completely suppress the effects of the neurotoxin. So because of his specific breathing techniques, I don't think he actually got was cold in this experiment, but I think he uses that to train his breathing techniques. Um... But he was able to stop himself from getting a fever, or stop himself from have letting the toxin actually take effect. So that is the moment that I realized, okay, I'm going I'm to listen to this guy because you can't, you can't really do that. Uh, it seems like it's made up, but it's not. Look it up. Um, and even after they did this experiment, they told Wim, like, you're, you're a crazy person, um, and we don't think. Anybody else can do this except for you. And he says, okay, you give me the people, I will give them the treatment. Okay, so he, he trains 14 more people in like two weeks' time. They put all those people in that laboratory, gave them all the same neurotoxin. And bingo, bango, bongo, what happens? They stop the neurotoxin from taking effect. So we know it has, it has a actual effect on your body which is why I listen to him and I take a cold shower every single morning. It wakes you up, gets your body awake, and it's good for your uh, immune system. And most teachers could probably use some sort of immune boosting technique to their daily routine because we get sick often throughout the year. The next question I want to look at here, I'm going to kind of jump around and maybe I'll revisit other questions on other podcasts, but some changes that I think we could make in the education system. Hmm. Um, so I know I talked about changing the way people become teachers. I've talked about it on this podcast. I've talked about it on the episode with Robbie Deering. Um, so we'll I'll leave that topic alone. but in the in terms of changes to an actual, School, I think, would be great. Like, if I were to make my own school, I think that the science is pretty clear that I would start my school later. I just read an article about the Seattle public school districts that changed their time from like 7.30 to 8.30 or... They moved it back like an hour to like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And they reported a dramatic decrease in absences and tardies, and they also showed an increase in test scores. And that's just one case study. But they said that just 30 extra minutes of sleep is immensely beneficial for teenagers and education. So I think that's one change I would like to base my school on would be the start time. Another one that I just read about recently that I think is kind of interesting to to look at is the elimination of normal or typical school subjects. So in Finland they are doing this. They are getting rid of traditional classes like math, history, physics or English or literature and instead they are focusing on topics. So instead of having those classes, they would take a topic like World War II and they would examine it from the perspective of history, geography, and math. And then another example they give here is that instead of maybe a basic business class, they would have working in a cafe where students would absorb the whole body knowledge about the English language, economics, and communication skills. So I think the future is going that way. And getting away from the typical English class or world history class. Because the knowledge that you learn from those classes, which, I mean, they're, they're important. But how much knowledge do you think really is learned? I mean, you as a listener, if you're an adult, think back to your high school experience. Think back to the classes that you did not find interesting. How much did you, how much do you know right now from that class? <laughs> Probably not much. I'm thinking back to my high school chemistry class. All I can remember is some words moles, jewels, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I also I can also remember my dad telling me that a D in chemistry was not going to fly and that I had to get working on that and i I did. Uh, But it wasn't enjoyable and I didn't soak it in. I ended up with a B, but I don't remember any of it except for those two words that I still couldn't tell. I think jewels has to do with the amount of work something does. But the point is that you don't remember that stuff. The stuff you're going to remember is probably skills. So I think the approach to changing the focus from content to skills is a good idea. And the second pillar of the Dan Clark University structure. Another one that I'd like to, I would like to see implemented or definitely include in my school structure would be a focus on, or some portion of the day focused on outdoor adventures, some sort of outdoor adventure curriculum. There is a school in Wisconsin, I I think they have multiple schools across the country, I could be wrong, but it's called the Conserve or the Conserve School, and it's an entire semester outdoors, and it's about that outdoor adventure curriculum. And I think that it would be greatly beneficial for everybody in this country to be in wilderness and understand the landscape that we are living in and on. This past year, one of the highlights was taking one of my classes to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area. And my idea for bringing them there was, was based on this idea of the importance of outdoor adventure education or curriculum or some sort of rite of passage moment as a teenager where you go off into the woods and you do something very difficult and then you come back and you apply that to your life. I think those are the things that if you do them with kids, they will remember them. Past their graduation date, you know, many many years later, they will remember those trips. They will remember what they learned, the skills that it took them to succeed on those trips. Because they're not going to remember the parts of the cell. I mean, they they might remember that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but I mean, who doesn't know that? It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what good that knowledge will actually do me. <laughs> I apologize to my science friends out there. Um, but at least I know that. That's good, right? Uh, and I, So I think focusing on having a portion of your school day focused on outdoor education would be wise. And like I said before, I think making teaching more accessible to everybody, lowering the barriers, scaling back the amount of paperwork it takes to become a teacher. And then also, yeah, it would be great if they could forgive you know, every single teacher's student loans, that'd be helpful. Um, (laughs) And I mean, all jokes aside, because I have some of those, I think if you would like people to go into the field of teaching, if you have so many barriers and paperwork and headaches that go along with that degree, or getting that degree, I think if you offered a quick forgiveness program, or maybe just, let's say you teach for I mean, there's some forgiveness programs out there. You have to teach for like 10 years and a low income. What if you change that to three years? Let's say you teach for three years, student loans forgiven, maybe five, whatever. Um, but there should be a, a way to attract people to teaching and to make it more accessible to those that want to make a difference and want to do something positive with their life by working with children. It shouldn't be... worth of schooling or maybe $30,000 worth of schooling to be able to do that. So there you have it. Those are the questions that I am going to address on this episode. Hopefully you're still listening. If not, then I'm not sure who I'm talking to. But as we head into 2019, for those high schoolers and adults out there, some tips that I have for you that I wrote down in anticipation of this New Year's Eve podcast, is that you should be into what you're into and pursue it. This is a talking point that I've heard on so many podcasts, and it's a great piece of advice that I hear constantly, and that is be yourself unapologetically, basically. If you're into something that's not what your friends are into... Be into that thing, regardless of your friends. Maybe find, the, maybe find people that are into it, and they will become your new friends and your closer friends and your more authentic friends. I am thinking, to my own personal experience, because I didn't do this, and I regret that. But I was into professional wrestling from a young age. It was one of those things where I turned it on TV, and I don't know what happened, but a switch went off, some magic happened, and I was hooked. I'm pro wrestling, brother. And so if I could go back in time, I would pursue that. I'm not saying that I would become a pro wrestler per se, but maybe I would have found friends who were into that and it might have led to some sort of pro wrestling broadcasting career. Who knows? And we'll never know probably. But pursuing the things you're into is important, especially if it's something that maybe isn't what your friends are into. I mean this is this applies to adults as well, because I know there's some adults out there that haven't fully pursued their interests. So do that. Pursue your interests unapologetically. And if you think that I'm a fool for watching pro wrestling, I would recommend you watch a YouTube video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. It's a good it's it's about like 24 minutes long, but it really explores the concept of why. Wrestling is interesting to people. And I think it's it's done well. Um, it's actually done by the son of John Landis. If anyone's out there, who knows who that is. He's the guy that directed Animal House. And his son is also a director. Um, and he made a video because he was into pro wrestling too. So I'll put that in the description for you to check out. Another piece of advice going into 2019 for students and adults alike Uh, Some of these might seem ridiculous, but find your haircut. I'm sure there's some high schoolers out there that let their parents still decide how their hair is going to be cut. But do some research, people. Try out some haircuts. Find the one that fits you. Learn its name. Learn how to explain it to people. Once you know that haircut and you can confidently walk into any barber or any hair place and say, I want this, life is easier. Along those same lines, find the correct fitting clothing for yourself. It's a new year. It's a new you. Maybe you've lost a few. Maybe you've gained a few. But you should adjust whatever you're wearing to your current size. Nothing is worse than wearing baggy something or tight something. If you want to feel good, wear stuff that fits comfortably. Along those same lines, I think not just with haircuts and clothing, which can seem superficial... Uh, You should also find what you like when it comes to music and reading and films because a lot of what we listen to and consume is dictated to us by maybe the radio or the trending page on YouTube or your friends' likes and dislikes. Try to cultivate and find and seek out the stuff that feels right to you. 2019 should be the year of listening to yourself, following your own gut. Because if more of us did that, I think the better off we'd be. There's a lot of people out there following the groups. I was definitely one of them as a teenager, even maybe into my 20s. But as I've gotten older, I think one solid piece of advice anybody can follow is that pursue the things you find worth pursuing. Do the things that feel right and sound right and look right to you. When it comes to haircut and pants, I mean, it's not the worst thing to have a second opinion, <laughs> but when it comes to books and movies and music and just general topics of interest, follow, follow your gut and the world will open up to you. So, thank you for listening again, people. I hope those ramblings made some sort of sense. Once again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am teacher.podcast. And if you want to donate, Daniel Evan Clark. forward slash I am teacher, there's a donation link on that website. Or you could just go back and listen through every single advertisement on every previous podcast. I'm currently at $1 when it comes to ad revenue. So we're making a dent on the $23,000 student loan amount. We'll get there soon, people. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled for new episodes of I Am Teacher in the new year. Got one coming up with two former students who took a gap year to travel And we talk about some of the things they learned on their travels. Thanks for listening once again. I'm Dan Clark. And this is I Am Teacher.